ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals, anybody that can tune in, and everybody that is tuned in, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another I Got Sense Financial Investment Podcast Extraordinary Episode. We're on episode 53. Remember, we skipped 51. We're on episode 53. I am your co-host, Andre Young, entrepreneur, founder of KLE Creations, video production agency, and the mentor, the man beside me, financial investor, financial investment advisor with many years of experience of teaching people how to make money, manage money, and make their money, make money for them. Cheyenne Simmons, everybody. What up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Cheyenne Simmons. I got Sense Investment Advisor, a.k.a. your boy, DJ Dividends, back in the house. You know What's we, happening today, man? We had this money counter. That money wow. counter. Yeah. Sounded pretty <laughs> we, good. Well, we were, manually, cool uh, here. we were manually counting money last week when we was running down the litany of things we had going on <laughs> out here getting this paper yes sir <laughs> but all is well all is well i appreciate you for asking you know just wrapping up a few projects on my end uh man can't complain how you doing man i'm doing great i feel good it's still sunny and bright outside show is got a little bit of money left can't life is good that man. One, huh? I ain't got no complaints at all. Getting ready to watch my boy Savy D take on Georgia Tech. Savy D. Kennesaw State at Georgia Tech at noon. I'm I'm feeling good, boy. Oh, that's today. Yes, sir. Woo! Shout out Savy D out there holding yes, it down, sir. doing what you need to do on the field and off the field. Well, that's Saturday. Saturday at noon. Okay, okay, okay. Tomorrow, yes, sir. There it is. There it is. Well, shoot, we got a great episode for you guys today. We're gonna dive right into it. We're talking about I'm gonna get it right this time. All last, right. last week I was trying to talk about it, but you was like, "Nah, we gonna." Yeah, we gonna, you were supposed to. Yeah, we throw we, that over to next week. <laughs> you pulled up the wrong script <laughs> in our whatever our system is we use, and I'm like, "Man, I ain't ready to talk about that." Right. I don't have no outline to go by. Well, today we're talking about differentiating between whole life and term life insurance. Yes, sir. Big big topic. Now, before we get into that, uh, am I gonna? Travel today Ah you know Is DJ Dividends Feeling like you know You remember I said There's uh, two going, places I don't somewhere. go I don't go back and forth And I don't go out of my way But we uh, We making exceptions I'm going out of my way To kind of like Help the people A little bit So Are oh, we going Am I going to go out of my way Today for the people Or are we going to jump Right into the life insurance You got the show Come on now show. Where DJ show. Dividends at <laughs> Billy Billy the kid, where you at, boy? Come out of that green room over there. Go, ahead and go out your way and show some love. Oh, love. look at your boy Billy. <laughs> Billy is coming in the house. Relax your mind, let your constantly Billy, free and get Billy. down to the sound of your PMG. Oh, oh look at this. Oh, oh, Billy is in the house, baby. Uh, is my name. Man, I think I'm, I think I'm ready for this cat daddy. I'm ready you, for you it all, right baby. Now? I'm about to hit all of that stuff. <laughs> we gonna save it for a thousand though. Thousand okay, subs on okay, YouTube. man, y'all. Let, this man gonna celebrate with a cat daddy. Y'all chain me down, baby. Ten thousand on TikTok. Celebrate with a cat daddy. But man, what that DJ tic- dividends got for us that today? That TikTok is booming. 
You are. I told you. You're okay. going to get a thousand before the end of the month. All right. So let DJ Dividends go out of his way today. And I want to let anybody out there know that whatever your journey is in life, you got to stop waiting on everybody else to get their stuff together so they can go on that journey with you. Come on now. You got a departure time and you got a date to go do what you're supposed to be doing in life. And that journey is only for you. It's not for your whole crew. Stop procrastinating. Stop waiting on your favorite cousin, anybody in your family, your best friend, or whoever. Y'all cannot go on this here journey together. What is meant for you is meant for you and only you. It don't mean that you can't show them no love. It don't mean that you can't help them out and help them get on the path and journey they need to be going on. But their journey is not necessarily yours. So don't miss your ride waiting on everybody else. There it is. Get on board. And that's from your boy, DJ DJ Dividends, and my sidekick, Billy the Kid. DJ So I done went out of my way today for the folks, and I'm about to come on back in, and we're going to start talking about this life insurance thing. Yes, sir. We'll see DJ Dividends later in the episode. We start giving out some stock advice, some investment advice. There you go. Some of that good stuff that y'all like to tune into the whole episode and wait for and listen to. All right. How was that, man? I went out of the way. I went out of the way. Did you just say burr like Gucci? Like burr. I don't even know what I said. Oh, I thought I heard you say burr. So let's dive into this, uh, this this life insurance. All righty. What you want to talk to the folks about today? So, you know, we all have seen it before. Somebody standing on the corner trying to raise funds to bury someone. We've all went around and said, uh, what's, that, uh, what's that thing? GoFundMe is mm-hmm. not an insurance policy. So we all know that if we have anybody else that relies on us, As their primary means of support, we need some life insurance. Facts. We never know when we're going to get called home. However, when you go to get you some life insurance and you start looking at all the information and everybody out there chirping, it always comes down to this here big argument and dilemma about should I get term or whole life? Today, we're going to talk about um, both of them, the differences, the pros and cons of each one of them, we're not going to promote one or the other. At least DJ Dividends isn't, isn't going to do it. But uh, I'm going to ask you to share your personal experience based on the information I gave you about the pros and cons of it, what decisions you made, and then how is that working out for you? Well, shoot, I need to go ahead and pump myself up. Bring me in the right way. Let's go. But before you jump in there, though, let me tell the people the difference between the two. Okay. Because, you know. I was getting hyped. And and, uh, we want the people to comment on this, right? Yes, sir. Definitely comment on there. Give us your uh, input. Tell us what works for you, why you want to go with term or whole, whichever one you go with, what you've been taught about it. But Mm -hmm. we really would appreciate the comments. All right? Cool. So. There are basically two types of uh, life insurance, Andre. What are those? You either got whole life. Whole. That means it builds a cash value and it provides a coverage for you should you pass away. And then you have term. Term. Term is considered pure insurance Mm. because when you pay for it, you only get the insurance coverage. There's no cash value built up in it. All right? It's only two types. Smooth. All right? Now. I follow you. When we get to whole life, I'm going to go off on a little tangent 
and talk about all the variations to whole life because people try to repackage it and rename it to convince you that it's not whole life. But we'll get to that later. But let's jump into term life insurance first. All right. So term life is pure insurance. It is the cheapest insurance out there. And typically with term life around age 21 to 30, um, it's probably uh, 10 times uh, cheaper than whole life. Very affordable. All right. Now, the catch the term is it only lasts for a certain period, hence the name term. You can get a term life insurance policy for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years. I've heard some people say there are some term policies out there for 40 years. I've never seen any. I've seen some as long as 30 years. Now, the reason people um, don't like term life um, is for the fact that it's a term and then it runs out. And then at the end of that term, um, you don't have any cash value left over. We'll get to that in a minute, though. All right. So now with term, even though it's very affordable, as you get older, the price of the term policy goes up. So typically um, in your uh, age group, 21 to 30 is set at a price. And then when you get to 31 to 40, it goes up. And then when you get to 41 to 50, it goes up. And the reason it's going up, guess why uh, the premium price of the term is going up? Because eventually term will probably be just as much as the whole life, if not more. But guess why? My guess would be because you're getting closer to the time of passing on to the nether realm. Exactly. Every day you live longer, you are closer to dying. Yeah. So as you get older, of course, you're getting closer to passing away. So the probability of you dying is uh, increasing exponentially. So the price is going up. This is why it's very, very, very important to get in on a term insurance policy as young as possible. Mm. Got it? Did I make confuse sense. anything? Does that make sense? I'm the sense giver. Come on now. <laughs> I got sense, advisor. Now, one caveat to term insurance, and this is probably whole life insurance also. A lot of people don't realize this here. But if you don't have any uh, insurance at all, or if you allow your policy to lapse, no insurance uh, company on the face of the earth that I know of or that I've ever heard of We'll give you an insurance policy after the age of 72. They're not going to do it because they're going to say, you 10 minutes away from dying, that's too much a risk for us. You cannot get any insurance after the age of 72. The takeaway here is get you some term insurance as soon as possible, preferably, uh, preferably in your early 20s. All right? Now, let's talk about two more things about term here. When should you get it and why should you get it? All right. So when should you get it? There's not a specific time that you should get it. However, if you're under the age of 18, you're going to have to get uh, insurance coverage on um, your legal guardian's insurance, probably as a rider. Okay. So the key takeaway here is if you don't have anyone that is relying on you to provide for them like a spouse or a child or a parent that is relying on you to go out and earn income and be able to provide for the shelter and food and clothing and everything. You don't need a whole lot of insurance coverage. All you really need is enough for you to have a proper burial somewhere between 
6,000 if you live on in the south. If you live up uh, in the east coast area, if you live out west here, the average funeral is somewhere around $9,000. And that's like the very basic. Unless you plan on getting cremated, you can get cremated for somewhere around $1,200. Um, and depending on how fancy you want to earn, it can go up. All right? So term insurance, you need it um, to make sure you're buried if you don't have any dependents and everything. So $10,000 insurance policy should be enough. If you've already started a family, if you already have a child, if there's anyone else that is looking for you as their primary means of care, now you need some life insurance. And I always recommend whatever your annual income is, multiply that times nine, uh, times five, and that's how much insurance coverage you should get. Have I said anything that confused you uh, that may have confused our audience. Not watching. at all, but just to recap what you just explained, you said, A, when to get life insurance as mm-hmm. early as possible. Yes. B, you explained whole life insurance. No, I you did. explained term life insurance. I just insurance, went over term. Which is just pure, pure insurance. insurance. No cash value. No cash value. Mm-hmm. The reason why this one it tends to be frowned upon is because it expires after a certain date. Yes, and, and there's no cash le- uh, There's no cash for you to get after the term is over should you choose not to uh, renew the term. Right on. And then also, people age 72 plus more than likely aren't going to get life insurance because people are looking at them like your expiration date is like right around the corner. Absolutely. And now, the, the older you get, the more expensive it gets because you're, you know. Yes, exactly. Transitioning. And so as those terms end, so let's say you get a policy when you're 20 because you go out and you get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go out and let's say you get you a 10-year um, policy. So that will run from 20 to 30. As that policy is about to uh, expire, the insurance company will contact you and offer for you, hey, do you want to get another term? So there's still a continuance and the opportunity and a legal right for you to continue getting the term extended. So as you get close to that 72, it's very important that you don't allow that policy to lapse. And I cannot count how many times I've seen time and time and time again after our parents get a little older and they don't know how to use the technology and go online to make the payment so they don't keep up with it, the insurance companies are quick to cancel those term insurance policies if you're late on the payments and you're already over the age of 60. They're looking for you to let it lapse. They want you to let it lapse because now you done paid them this here premium for 50 years and then you let it run out. And if you allow it to lapse, when you come back to them, now they're saying, uh, I don't know if we uh, want to let you back in on insurance policy. you too risky to let you back in. Yeah. Very important to keep your term insurance going year, uh, term after term after term. Now, the caveat to that is, and I'll leave this here up to you in your story, is because you're saving so much money on the term insurance policy, the difference between what you're paying for term and what you would be paying for whole life, you got to take that difference and start investing. Because right. if you start investing as soon as you get the insurance policy, now you're putting away probably anywhere from 50 to $200 into an investment that's in the stock market that's earning on average somewhere between 7 to 12% every year over the course of 50 years. If you're consistently doing that, by the time you get to age 60, 
man, you got five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars stacked up. So that's why some people love term insurance, and the people that love it is because they have the discipline and the wherewithal to stick to it and consistently put those investments in there. And I think you're going to tell us a little bit about that. So, well, you know, let me go ahead and write myself up like I was doing in the beginning. All right. Yes. Yes. Talking about it. Okay. So, those of you who've been tuned into our podcast via audio, we touched on this topic a little earlier in the year and a little later last year. Mm -hmm. And last year, when we introduced this, I was in the process of seeking out insurance for myself. Um, I spoke with uh, an insurance agent. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So I spoke with an insurance insurance agent and he presented to me the whole concept of whole life insurance, which is a policy where I pay over the course of my life and it has a cash value. But there was a caveat to that. There was an asterisk. You can't you can't get into the cash value until roughly uh, two years of paying into mm-hmm. said life insurance. And yes. said life insurance essentially to generate that cash value is them putting the money into some stocks. Right, exactly. That yes. more than likely shadow the S and P five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shine put me on game, and I was glad that I had the conversation with him and had him as my mentor to guide me here because he let me know basically, hey, you can replicate that on your own mm-hmm. by just putting your money here in said stocks. Right. And that's exactly what I've been doing. And you have to have the discipline to keep doing it yep. consistently. That's and the key to it. You have to have the discipline to do it. Exactly. So life insurance for me at the time, I think, would have been roughly 70 to 100 bucks. I can't remember. Was exactly. that for the whole life? That was for the whole gotcha. life, I believe. Okay. And then I was like, you know what? Instead of paying 70 to 100 bucks, I'm going to go with what Shine said, which was to get a term policy and go on ahead and stack your chips in this little account. So I, you know, SPYG mm-hmm. has been a friend to me. <laughs> now, tell the tell, tell people the difference in premium price between what you got as a term policy versus what you were paying for whole. Uh, the price is a lot less for yeah. term than it is for whole. And so, a lot less. And so that difference that you, you're you putting into that SPYG investment now mm-hmm. is the difference between what you would have been paying for the whole life Plus versus, versus yeah. what you're not paying for the term. So that's how you're able to come up with that money. So it's no more yeah. than what you would have been paying out anyway. It's right. just that with the whole life insurance, they would have been doing something behind the curtain over there that you know nothing at all about. Yeah. And I wouldn't have access to that cash value until after two years. By the time October 2022 hits, that would be, I'm sorry, 2023 hits. That would be officially two years. Oh, the first time you can access some of that money, correct? Yeah. The cash value? Okay, gotcha. But see, since October of 2020... I've mm-hmm. been investing $150 a month on average into mm-hmm. SPYG. And right. I'm already seeing uh, profits and growth in the stock yeah, itself absolutely. and receive some dividends. So by 2022, 2023, mm-hmm. you probably have well over $10,000. Right. And that, probably close and that to investment 20. alone. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. That's, you know. <laughs> man, give yourself some flowers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so. That was a good segue um, from the term into the whole. So now let me tell the people um, about the whole life insurance. Because as it's presented to you, um, the uh, most appealing feature about it is that, hey, not only are you getting whole life insurance to cover your family should something happen to you, 
you're also building the cash value without having to put any extra money into it. Right. So that's the whole appeal to the whole life. But the thing is, it's very expensive. It's somewhat, some, you know, somewhere around six to ten times more than yeah. what you would be paying for the uh, for the term, for the term. <clears throat> yeah, for the term insurance. And so the whole life uh, company is going to take all of that money and all they're going to do is write in your contract that your cash value is accumulating. You'll see your first dollar of accumulating somewhere between two to four years if you've consistently made all your payments every month. Mm-hmm. And that cash will be accumulating somewhere at a clip of three to four percent interest. Now, here's the caveat to that piece. They didn't tell you that your cash value is going to be whatever your money is earning in the stock market because right. their money is in the stock market earning 12, 18, 20. And since you saw a big come up during 2020 during COVID, your come up was over 100%. Yeah. So <laughs> you did your own cash value by getting your own brokerage account, investing in the SPYG, mm-hmm. and your money was growing at a rate of 100-plus percent growth. Right. Whereas if you would have got the whole life policy, it would only been growing at 3%. Yep. And whoever would have been putting that money in for me, man, they'd have came up. Yeah, they would have been getting a big, nice, fat commission because that's one of the first things that I tell people about whole life is it's very expensive. And the person that sold it to you, that gives them the biggest commission. Now, so I said the appealing thing about it is, is that it builds a cash value. Right. The other thing that's appealing about it is they tell you that if you pay your premiums, um, the whole life insurance cover you your whole life. So you don't have to worry about extending those terms. You don't have to worry about turning 72. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about, and all of that stuff is true. However, the difference and the nuance between it is, is that whole cash value piece. They're going to charge you six to 10 times more for that whole life insurance. They're going to invest a difference. It doesn't matter what your money make in that investment. You don't even know what it's invested in. Right. It's just that they have to uh, they have to honor what's in your contract. And the contract said that your cash value would grow at 3%. So if it's growing, if the money's in the stock market and it's growing at 200%, that means whatever that growth is, they give you 3% of it. They keep 197% in their pocket. So that's the game on whole life. Now, let me tell the question, folks. Question for you about okay. whole life. Is it true that a whole life policy is beneficial for someone who has a great deal of wealth? Like, let's say they've parked their money in investments. They've maxed out their 401ks. They've got mm-hmm. a dividend portfolio. They've got a decent stock portfolio. They've maximized their savings accounts. They've got, you know, money in all these different areas. Is, mm-hmm. is then a whole life policy, a beneficial policy for them to have someone else manage their money and tap into those cash flow two um, years later? I would say me personally, um, if that was the predicament that you just described, mm-hmm. they would um, need an annuity. An annuity, okay. Yes. But an annuity is just another contract, just like term and whole life. A lot of people think it's an investment because insurance agents present it as an investment, but it's really a contract. Right. But if they had all of those things 
um, that you described, uh, then the best uh, vehicle for them would probably be an annuity. And that's what we touched on last episode, too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So now, this is one thing. This is the con to a whole life, and this is why I do not like it. But just because your boy DJ Dividends don't like it, that don't mean I'm saying you shouldn't like it because everyone has different experiences mm-hmm. and everyone has been taught different things. So there's some uh, people out in the audience, I'm quite sure your dad or your grandparents or someone had a whole life insurance from way back when and they swear by it and it took care of them and they were able to pull out a loan and get the first house for the family and all. So a lot of people have a lot of sentimental failure and emotions tied to whole life. Right. So it, it works for some people. This is why it doesn't work for your boy DJ Dividends, and it's a fundamental flaw with it that they never tell you. It's in the fine print probably on page 2018 of the contract. Mm -hmm. But when you get a whole life insurance policy, remember, you have a policy amount. So let's say $100,000, right? Right. You got $100,000, but then let's say you kept this here policy for 60 years and it accumulated cash value and you never bothered that cash value. Your cash value is now worth 89000 When you die, do you think you get both of them? Nope. That's the part that I don't like about whole life insurance because you get whichever one is greater, either the face value of the policy or you get the cash value. You do not get both. And if you read the fine print of your contract, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you that. No matter how mad you are hearing me this, and no matter how much you're saying, no, that's not true, and no matter how much your insurance agent who sold you that policy try to convince you otherwise, the way you find out that I'm telling you the truth, don't talk to your insurance agent because his chirping, he can't be legally held to that. Right. Call that insurance company on the phone. And talk to someone over the phone. By law, they are required to tell you the truth. And you just ask him, when I die, do I get the face value of my policy as well as the cash value? They are going to have to tell you no. You got the show. That's why I don't like whole life insurance. In your instance, where you're talking about the term, you got a policy. You got a face value over here. And if you should die... You get whoever you left as the beneficiary, they get that money. But you got all that money growing in the SPYG in your brokerage account. That's your money, too. Right. So that's the difference there. That's why I don't like whole life insurance. Hey, I agree with you. That's why I was convinced, like, you know what? I'm just not going to go ahead and get this whole life. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and get a term policy just Mm -hmm. in case, you know, play it safe and then Put my beneficiaries on his account and keep on funneling the money to SPYG because come on now. And that SPYG is your money. If you if you want it $2,000 now, you can go yeah, tap can into go it right into now. It now. Yep. Do what you want to do with it. Yep. You got to pay the capital gain taxes on it, but mm-hmm. there's no penalty for bothering because it's not an IRA. It's not a retirement account. You can go do what you want to do with it. So I have just covered the only two types of life insurance. Either you're getting term or you're getting whole. Now, let's go down two different paths here. The first path I want to go down is the insurance coverage that people have on their job. So, you know when you hear people talking about, oh, I got insurance through my job? Yeah. That's term insurance. Just like we explained, 
the difference between you having term insurance with the policy you purchased on your own independently from an employer and getting it through your job is the policy through your job is what we call a group term insurance policy. That means that you and all your other coworkers and everybody that works for the company are all under the same policy. The company is the one that owns it. They control and dictate what happens to that term policy. Now, they do allow you to name who your beneficiary is. Okay. Um, but the fine print to that is sometimes that group term and policy has a whole bunch of fine print stipulations also, such as if you die, you had to, do, uh, you had to die uh, while you were actually at work right. on the clock. Or there's some other stipulation. If you were driving and you were headed to work or home from work, but there's usually some type of stipulation that is tied to that. Another thing in the fine print of that group term and policy, uh, policy is if you leave that employer, typically on the month that you leave, on the last day of that month, that policy terminates. Mm. So why am I pointing that out? It's very important because... Once again, if I had a dollar for everyone that got jammed up like this here, I'd have an extra $5 million. But there are a lot of people that went out and started on a job when they were very young. They worked on that job for 20, 30, 40 years. And then when they retired or quit or whatever, they were somewhere around 45 or 50 and they realized they're not going to have any life insurance coverage anymore. And for the very first time, they went out to get their life insurance coverage. And then they got a quote of, we can give you some for $390 a month. Well, you just waited till you're 50 years old. You've lived more than half your life, and now you're showing up. You might not even have 15 or 20 years left. The insurance company is going to hit your pockets for it. So if you have insurance through your employer, it's still very important for you to consider getting an independent insurance policy that has nothing to do with your employer. So now when you leave your job or go from job to job or whatever, you still have affordable life insurance coverage. So basically what you're saying is the life insurance policy that your company provides basically only covers you so long as you're either a working for the company and in the event of an accident, B, you have to be on the job and actually on the clock when the accident occurs. Yes. Once you are let go or once you leave, you are no longer covered under any sort of company's policy unless they state that explicitly. Right. And the crazy thing about that is there's nobody out there that's listening now probably that can tell me that their employer voluntarily gave them a copy of the insurance policy. <laughs> they never they never do. So you don't even know what's in there. Yeah. You don't even know the terms and conditions of if they pay out or not. All you know is that when you signed up for your benefits, they said for extra two or three dollars you can get ten thousand dollars worth of coverage. So you signed up for it. So in the back of your mind, you have life insurance coverage, but you don't understand the terms and conditions by which they would pay out should you die. Right. No, that's real. I remember when I was uh once upon a time, long time ago. When you were Andrew? <laughs> when I was an Andrew working <laughs> a nine to five, <laughs> I had a life insurance policy and they did send a bunch of paperwork and I didn't bother looking at into it, but I also mm -hmm. knew I wasn't going to be there that long. Okay. Gotcha. But it, it was a lot of paperwork. So either they going to send it to you and it's going to be 
like a pamphlet this thick of information that you got to read through before mm-hmm. you know that first what week of work yeah exactly <laughs> or you like you said you're just not gonna get it you gotta request it and it's still on your back seat yeah <laughs> yeah well that's in the trash Ain't anything from that job is in the trash gotcha I said peace a long time ago. I parted ways. All right. I cleansed my spirit of that. <laughs> okay, so that that that's that's one of those little uh, side roads I wanted to go down and tell people about the ones that are adamant about I have coverage through my uh, job. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to put that information out there. Come um, on now, get these sense, y'all. It might, Tune might, in. might be getting under your skin and making you a little irritated, but remember, your boy here, DJ Dividends, I'm straight, no chaser. I'm going to just give you the information. I'm just a messenger. You're looking out for your best interest anyway. <laughs> yes, sir. So put in that little bit of extra effort you got to to make sure you cover yourself on all grounds. Or comment. Put us a comment in there and tell us where we're wrong. Right. Drop the comment <laughs> below this video. Yes, sir. And if you are listening to us on audio, leave a review and then go to that Instagram page and drop a comment under that video. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go down another little dirt road here off to the side. And this is going to be um, about whole life insurance. Okay. Run it. Run it. So now sometimes and most often now, um, the whole life industry has gotten a little slicker, so they don't call it whole life altogether. They call it universal life, or they put some type of spin on it. Yeah, remix. Uh, no matter what name they give it, whether they call it global life, universal life, enhanced life, it doesn't really matter. Double life, it doesn't matter. All you need to simply do is ask them, does this policy have a cash value. They're going to tell you yes and no. If they tell you no, it's a term policy. Mm. If they tell you yes, it's a whole life insurance policy. It just has a little bit more fancy words and more pages in the contract that basically is going to tell you that how they're taking the extra money you're paying in the premium and investing it in the stock market. And they may even say you get to pick some of the selections of how your money is invested in the stock market. But if you have a policy, no matter what label they put on it, if it has a cash value built into it, it is a whole life insurance policy. It sounds like the rebrand game for these insurance companies is pretty crazy. Isn't that the whole grant game in every industry? The re the rebrand. Man, rebrand <laughs> game is same. Yes, sir. Same. We thing. was whole life insurance <laughs> last year. Now we universal life. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, we going to half life next year. Absolutely. Lifetimes too. We going to more life insurance. Absolutely. Shout out Drake. <laughs> now, nah, so that was a that was the second little side road. So um, before we uh, wrap this up. Um, the third thing I want to talk about is annuities. There it is, Dale. Let's get so, into it. We mentioned be, it earlier. Because life it. insurance, whether it's whole life or term, it is a contract. It is not a securities investment. We went over this in the last podcast. An annuity, mm-hmm. even though it's presented as an investment, it's, a, it's presented as a securities investment, it is a contract. And basically what that means is, When you put money into an annuity, they're going to also take that money and put it into the stock market somehow, some way. With that annuity, they're going to go over and make whatever money they can make off your money on the market. However, there's a contract. There's terms and conditions within the policy of that annuity, and it's going to stipulate to you that we're going to give you a payment 
um, for the rest of your life, every month, as long as you live, but it's going to be based on this formula here. It is a fixed interest rate formula of what your monthly payout from that annuity is. They do not give you what your money actually makes in the stock market. Am I being clear on that, Andre? Come on now, you hear so, that saying? So hear it, coins dropping. Once again, if they don't tell you directly it's just a simple annuity, they're going to uh, tell you it's a, a, a fixed annuity or it's an index variable annuity. They're going to have all these little fancy names and everything on that. All those little fancy uh, adders and fillers onto that, all that means is there's some additional clauses and phrases in the contract that stipulates how the money is being made in the stock market. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't tell you that I'm going to give you um, whatever your money earns over there, you already have a contract that stipulates we're going to give you about 4 to 6% return on your money. You're not getting what we made over there, and they probably making 24 30%. And <laughs> one, uh-huh. one last thing here. Uh-huh. Yeah. One last thing here, though. So the only difference between life insurance and annuity is the life insurance policies are for if you should die sooner than you expect to. Right. It pays for the people and the loved ones that have been relying on you as a primary breadwinner to provide their shelter and food and everything. That is what a life insurance policy is for. An annuity is the opposite. The annuity is for when you um, outlive your retirement money or you outlive your life expectancy. So some people, they might live to be 106. When you put money into your 401k plan, you're putting money into your uh, uh, traditional or your Roth IRA, you might accumulate so much money in there and when it's time for you to start getting payouts, typically the uh, investment advisors tell you to draw down Three to five percent of whatever you have accumulated into your four hundred one k or your uh, IRA account, and if you do it that way, typically that amount in there will last you somewhere between eighteen to twenty two years. Um, but by the time we retire, we're somewhere between sixty two to sixty five, so we have a life expectancy of about fifteen to twenty years after that. So the formula of how you draw down on your retirement accounts is based on life expectancy anyway. So you typically want your retirement funds to last, like I said, 18 to 22 years. Getting an annuity means that you're hedging that bet because you might live to another 40 or 50 years. And if you run out of money, then that annuity contract says that as long as you're living and breathing, we're going to send you a check. So if you live to be 199, they still have to send you that amount. Now, the people writing those contracts, they're very smart. If you ever heard of a career field or a practice called uh, an um, actual um, actuary, actuary, yeah, those are the people. They sit back there and they crunch all the numbers and they look at the group and they look at the trends and everything. They can pinpoint with 96% accuracy how many people are going to die at what age, how many people are going to die in a car accident, how many people are going to die in a fire, how many people are going to get murdered, how many people are going to die of cancer. If you look at the staffing folks that work for the insurance company, 
I can guarantee you at least 50% of those folks are actuaries. These insurance companies have it down to a science. So you're not going to beat them in this game. Very few of us do. It's kind of like when you go back and uh, you go into McDonald's and you try to use the dollar menu to get the best. Vet. McDonald's done already figured that out. <laughs> Either you're going to get a combo or you're going to put it together on this here value menu, but they're going to get about $8 out of you one way or the other. Same way with the phone company. I don't care how you switch your data plan around. They're going to get their money. These insurance companies, they're going to get their money one way or the other, but that's how that works. So, Am I pretty clean on that, Andre, or am I babbling and confusing the folks over here? When you hear the coin drop and bounce on the table, that makes some sense of being provided, folks. So listen clearly. <laughs> listen clearly. Now, there, there are two major takeaways I want to leave the folks here. The first one is, if you have the discipline to save and invest your money and you're okay and comfortable with going into the stock market and making good sound investments and being it for the long term, then getting term insurance is probably a good deal for you. I like it. If you're someone who can't manage your money. Hold on, shy, hold on, shy, hold on, shy, hold on, shy. I like that? how we just grazed over that. What's that, one. man? <laughs> I said I like it. I got you. Uh-huh. I got you. Yeah. I got you. So <laughs> gotta keep the folks awake and on their toes. You know? Gotcha. So so but but like I was saying, if you don't have the discipline, if money burns your hands and you just can't sit down and be still because you know it's accumulating somewhere and you just gotta spend it, then whole life might be for you. You might need to just hand your money over to somebody else and let them handle it for you. And you know what? It's always better to do something rather than nothing. Yes. So like you said, if you're not able to, if you're real with yourself and you're like, you know what? My financial discipline ain't where I want it to be and where it needs to be for me to do this. Mm-hmm. By all means, do something about it and get you a whole life policy and let somebody else manage it for you. The, okay. Gotcha. Now. Would you agree or disagree? Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. Now, this is the most important takeaway I want people to have here and pass this on to anybody else uh, who you think can use this information. If you are someone or if you know of someone who swears by whole life insurance because it builds a cash value and they know that at any point in time they can go borrow against that cash value, there are terms and conditions to borrowing against your cash value. Even though it's your own money, there are some pretty ridiculous terms and conditions to getting cash out of your cash value from your whole life insurance policy. The first thing is, is if you want to get cash out, you have to apply for a loan. Doesn't that sound like you're going to the bank? Sure does. <laughs> the second thing is, when you apply for that loan, the insurance company has up to six whole months to decide whether they're going to allow you to borrow some money from your cash value. I thought it was supposed to be your cash value. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> okay, I we hear the still know we we thieving. Which one is which one is they doing? Oh, it's the, it's the rebrand. My bad. Yes, it's the branding of the words. It's cash value, but we give our own definition to what that means. Yeah, exactly. Next thing, Andre. Go ahead. Remember how I have said your cash value is probably only growing at three to four percent. Yeah. Guess how much they charge you in interest to borrow money out of your cash value. 
probably higher than that, three to four percent, or just around the same amount. Six to eight percent interest to borrow your own money. You got the chill. <laughs> That's rude. Folks, go read your policy. Don't be mad at me. I'm just a messenger. Go <laughs> read your policies. Rude. Call them up and ask them over the phone. Don't ask your agent and let him stand there and talk to you face to face. He's going to tell you life is good and you mistaken. Or he's going to tell me, he's going to tell you, I'll have to check into that and I'll get back to you and he'll never get back to you. Just go ahead and make the call to the company. Call the 800 number. They have to tell you the truth. And then drop a comment under this video letting us know your experience because we love to hear it. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, here's the killer. Here's the killer about the cash life and if you get that cash value, Andre. Let's go back to the scenario and set it up here, all right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you have $100,000 face value in whole life insurance, right? Right. Let's say you want to go out and buy your first home, and let's assume you have $30,000 of cash built up in your cash value. I follow you. And you want to borrow that $25,000 to put the down payment on your first home. All right? Guess what the insurance company does? What they do? They reduce the face value of your insurance policy by the amount of money you borrow. So if you borrow $25,000 out of that cash value, you still have $5,000 cash value left, but now the insurance company will only pay out $75,000 because you borrowed that cash out. And That's that ties shame. and that ties back to what I told you about you get one or the other. You get the face value or the cash value. You don't get both. So, But you get penalized because you're not only taking or borrowing from the cash value, but you get penalized because then the face value goes down as well. And you're paying 8% interest to pay the money back. So is that... I was looking around like, is this some thieves in here? <laughs> read, redefine print, read baby. So, and uh, I hope we haven't been too biased against whole life. I've tried to cover the pros and cons of term and whole life for you to make your decision. I personally recommend term because I have the discipline to invest the difference. Absolutely. Um, I'm with you on that one. But, hey, that it is what it is. It well, is Sean, it is. <laughs> I think you didn't gave the folks plenty of nuggets on uh, term and whole life for we, sure. You today. think we cleared up pretty I think good? we did. I okay. think we did. I think it's about time we bring DJ Dividends back up. Over oh here, my so we goodness! Talk about this we, here stock we bring, recommendation. We bringing Billy back in here. Come on now, somebody get, get Billy out of the green you room. Got so this is now the segment of our show, folks. We go ahead and give you, the viewers and the listeners, stock recommendations from the financial investment advisor himself. Your boy DJ Dividends is back with his homeboy Billy the Kid. So what you got for us this week? What's going on, man? This week's stock recommendation. I have two for you. I like me. The first one is Nike. Oh, I like them stock shoes. Stock symbol NKE. Why am I recommending Nike? Why? The college uh, football season is kicked back up. Okay. Uh, the NFL is getting ready to kick back up. And what's next the significance week? of both of those kicking back up? Man, and then the NBA is coming back in. And what's the significance of those all starting up? Eighty percent of the college teams, all of the NFL, all of the NBA, are endorsed officially by Nike, baby. Woo! Nike, eighty percent of the market share of sneakers. 
Nike has had seven stock splits since I've been involved with it in the early uh, in the mid uh, 1990s. Their price is getting back on up there. Nike likes to be down around forty to fifty dollars. I think they're up at like one seventy. Yeah, they up there. Nike is getting ready to be uh, in position for another split within the next two to three years. I highly recommend Nike, and they pay a nice little dividend. All right, all right. I ain't mad at that. And no. the culture loves Jordans and Nikes. So the stock ain't going nowhere. No, It time. ain't going so nowhere, nowhere but, but up, up, baby. Nowhere but up. So that's my first recommendation, uh-huh. Nike. Stock symbol N-K-E. Uh-huh. There it is, N-K-E. All right. What my, else you got for us? My next uh, recommendation for the folks that might not have that big Nike uh, price money. I like this next one. Callaway Golf, baby. Stock symbol E-L-Y. Ellie, Ellie, E-L-Y. And y'all might be looking at me like I'm crazy talking about Callaway Golf, but guess who owns all of Callaway? Top owns- Golf. Top Golf. You got it. Top Golf. Callaway owns Golf Top owns Top Golf, baby. And y'all remember Dave and Buster's? Uh, Guess who don't replace Dave and uh-huh, Buster's as the yeah. number one night spot for adults and the hangout spot to chill? Top Golf, baby. They're already in 63 locations over about 12 different states. They're gonna, uh, they, they're planning to do at least 80 more Top Golf locations. They're opening up four here in California now. They're putting another one in Atlanta, another one in Houston. Um, they're already in Dallas. Um, they got them in Phoenix. Some of them, uh, they, I think they're putting another one in Chicago. I think one coming uh, to the uh, Did you already get the one that's coming? New York. Did you already get the one that's going to be in El Segundo? Did you yeah, remember. Okay. Yeah, they got four of them coming to Cali, baby. <laughs> but this is the spot for young adults to hang out, hit some balls, have some fun, have some cocktails, have some dinner, watch the games on TV. It is the place to be for the young adults. Ain't nobody doing all that nightclub stuff no more. Dave and Buster's and fell off because there's too many kids running around. You got the Top Golf is the spot. Callaway Golf on them. I told people to start getting into this here when it was around nine dollars. It's trading up around twenty nine, thirty dollars now. And I got in around nine. It's affordable. And it's going to pay you some money if you hold it for the long term, folks. Get you some Callaway stock. That stock symbol E-L-Y. There you go. And so that's my stock tips for the week. From your boy DJ Dividends and his sidekick. They let a kid. Much appreciated, DJ Dividends. Always a pleasure to have your alter ego on the show here. But before we go and we leave you guys, we want to also provide you with some Book knowledge, some information. You know, not everybody's ready to take that leap into the stock market. Mm-hmm. Most of you guys, if not all of you guys, are hype about the mindset that's required to get invested in things. Yes, so that's sir. why we're providing these book recommendations. And I'm going to go ahead and lay out a book recommendation that I got for the folks first. Gotcha. Go right on ahead. Now, the book that I recommend is for entrepreneurs or those considering becoming an entrepreneur starting a business. It's called Your Next Five Moves, and this is by Patrick Bet David. Your Next Five Moves. Your yes, Next sir. Five Moves. It's a really good book that teaches you the intricacies of planning your next five moves for your business. It gives you a high-level overview of what your mindset and approach should be as far as developing company culture, as far as establishing the long-term values in your company, 
as well as where you see yourself going as the entrepreneur, as the leader. Because once you get into business, you no longer work as the worker bee. You hire other people to work under thee so you can go ahead and get your CEO on. Gotcha. Now, Andre, while you over there giving this here uh, book recommendation, can you go a little bit further and explain to the audience how much more beneficial it is for you to get these books if it's available on audio? Absolutely. So the benefits of listening to your books on audio are as follows. Listen, if you're driving around all the time mm-hmm. and you're in your car for hours and hours in traffic, especially in L.A., yes, do you sir. know that an hour in traffic to and from is two hours, right? To and from your job. That's and 10 audio, hours a week, man. 10 hours a week. An audio book on average is anywhere between three to five hours in length. Two books a week? Two books Possibly a week. three a week? Possibly. Man. I made a goal for myself this year And you remember on one of the earlier podcasts Where I was like I'm going to read a book a month Mm -hmm. And I done read 12 books about 3-4 months ago Just off the audio And it ain't no flex It's just showing that you guys can do this too And there's a lot of information that's valuable Salute Salute That's out there for you <laughs> You out there killing it Hey I'm just trying to get on your level man I'm Trying to get on your man, level Man I ain't read 12 this year I've only hit 4 what? Well you applying the knowledge You though. see over there across the studio where There's 5 of them over there I see it And I've, I think one I, of them you're going to recommend today Yes I am I pulled that one out of the archive Is it time for me to give my recommendation Go ahead it's your turn Hey my book recommendation this week Is Million Dollar Habits Ooh, I like that one. Million Dollar Habits. Hey, we all talk about the culture. Mm. Um, there are some things that we embrace. A lot of things that we glorify are ignorant. Um, you know, habits are ingrained, but they're not unchangeable. If you want to develop some skills so that you can uh, start making better decisions and better choices, Million Dollar Habits is a great book to read. Easy read, very common sense. A lot of stuff you can start implementing and break those bad habits. So, Million Dollar Habits. One last thing about audiobooks. A lot of them can be a much more enjoyable experience than sitting there just looking at the book and watching all those words as you're reading and digesting the book because some of these authors actually take the time to read the book themselves and they have very animated voices when they're reading the book. And in some mm-hmm. of the books, you'll get different conversational narration. So if it's a woman reading, it'll be a woman, then the guy speaks, and it's the guy. It's pretty dope. Pretty well, engaging. you know, when I do the audio books, though, Andre, it allows me to take better notes. Yeah. I can take better notes, and I definitely use the audio books when I'm doing red eyes. You know what? We need to goddamn reach out to them. We <laughs> over here giving them hey. a whole... We ain't say who, though. We ain't say who, but we, you yeah. know... But we, I do the red eyes, and then a lot of times... Uh, if a uh, uh, Sky Girl is still watching television in yeah. bed at night, um, I'll go ahead and pop on the audio and put on my headphones. And um, it usually I can usually get a solid fifteen to twenty minutes where I'm consciously actually uh, intaking the information. Mm-hmm. Then I start to phase out. <laughs> but but uh, those are those are instances where I use the uh, audio books. Very fish, very effective. So yeah. definitely that's why I wanted to point out to. Excuse me, man. The oh, folks good. out there that um, are not. It's that um, mm-hmm tea. 
Is that what it is? Yeah, them folks that won't call us. <laughs> yeah, the folks out there um, that you say you really want to read the books, but you can't never find the time. They're about 10 to 16 hours throughout the week while you're commuting and other things, even if you're preparing meals or doing chores around the house where you can pop that audio book on, put in your headphones, and it's the same thing. Baby. Hey, just remember, for every excuse you have in life, there's about 20 solutions. Ooh, man, you over there dropping. Now, can you drop the coin on that? <laughs> Damn! He out here giving cents. That was a 50 cents piece right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> man, my uh-huh. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got for the folks today, Shy. You got anything else? No, nah, man, I don't, I don't have anything else. Uh, I think we uh, did a pretty good job today. This went by quick. It did. It seemed like these episodes are going by quicker and quicker. But hey. yeah, it ain't work at all, man. It's fun. It is. It is. I love it. Have to start bringing some guests on, man. It's just about that time. Who knows? <laughs> next month, month after, hey, next we week, tomorrow. To. Who knows? Next year. Who knows? Who Ten knows? years from now, twenty years. Who knows? I just don't want to bring on no big celebrities for the clickbait. Nah, just understand. Any, yeah. any information we provide y'all yeah. and anybody we bring on is going to be a lot of value. So. That the everyday working class man and woman can implement in their own life. I don't want to bring on nobody that uh, had that, already had $80 million and they started four businesses and they own a chain of franchises. Or they did yeah. it. Or they started uh, getting into real estate years ago where, you know, you can't flip financial aid into real right. estate no more. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to do that. But it's all good. You yeah, know. absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. We see the subscriptions, the subscribers going up on the YouTube page. So if you're watching this video, please subscribe. Please share this video. Like yes, it. Sir. Provide this video to anybody you know. Share this video to anybody you know who could use this video, who could benefit from this video. Absolutely. Everything Andre said, because uh, we want the love. We want to get as big as we possibly can. We want to parlay this thing into a television show. Hey, and follow and, this man on on, on TikTok. Man, I got baby, baby, it baby, up. it's blowing up over there on TikTok. He man. running it up. I could have been doing this here twenty years ago, man. How long? I was on Facebook back in September two thousand five. Wow. If hey. I would have got on the gram and done all that other stuff like I was supposed to back in two thousand eleven and twelve, instead of being one of the most stubborn crabs. <laughs> Well, you needed the right help to come along. So, yeah. you know, timing and divinity is everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's better to get started than to never, ever start. I have the content and information, but you know how to package and put it in this here social media sphere. So, absolutely. Man, we going to do the thing, and uh, before you know it, we going to be on a big network. Yes, up. Come soon. Come soon. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all we got, folks. We holla at y'all next week. Peace. Peace.